I want to talk to you today about something incredibly, incredibly important to walking in your calling and, and just growing in your faith with God, becoming closer to Him every day, and, uh, and just knowing Him at the, most, the deepest level that you can possibly know. I want to talk to you about hearing the voice of God in your life. Okay, and when it comes to hearing the voice of God, it's interesting. You know, there's different thoughts or different views that I'll run into people have on this. And sometimes people look at or view hearing the voice of God like it's this real just puzzle or just this matrix or something that like somehow has to be unlocked. It's, it's real complex and you know, real, uh, you got to get to a certain point before you're really going to ever hear the voice of God, you know. And to that, I would say in the early centuries of the New Testament church, one of the things that rose up that um, the apostles were great about squashing out was something that became known as Gnosticism. And, Gnost- and there's Gnostics today too, but Gnosticism was something that referred to like you could become aware of God or you could experience God when you reached or attained some level of like mental enlightenment. So it was all intellectual, you know. And, and what that indicated was that walking with God, hearing God's voice was really only reserved for few people that could ever like break through and get to that point. And uh, thank God that's not true because I ain't that smart, all right? I wouldn't be up here today if that was the case. But another thing people sometimes think is, you know, it's just hearing the voice of God is for pastors and prophets and evangelists and offices in the church. And, you know, I will say that God does speak to those that are anointed in those positions in the church about the direction and the vision of the church overall. But that doesn't mean that they are the only ones that God is wanting to speak to. And that they're the only ones that should be hearing the voice of God in their lives on a day-to-day basis. And then there's even some people, quite frankly, that think God doesn't speak at all. He is not speaking today. He spoke in the New Testament church. Very few people deny that. But many people, even in the Christian faith, suppose that God just doesn't speak, that he is not in communication with us, uh, and that's just not a way that he functions and operates in his church today. And I just would have to beg to differ. I would have to share a completely different message with you that God is, in fact, speaking. He is desiring to speak to each and every one of us all of the time. And frankly, your ability to hear God's voice consistently in your life is paramount to you walking in the authority and the fullness of the relationship that God has created you to have. You know, my wife, I, God love her. I love my wife so much, you know, and... Uh, no, this is good. I'm not, yeah, I'm serious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not telling a joke here, okay? Uh, and, and, and I mean this sincerely that I love my wife more today than I have ever loved her before in, in our entire life together. I mean, I loved her when we met and got married, but I love her more, and I can say that with every passing year, I truly love her more and more in a deeper, more intimate, more affectionate way with every passing year that we walk together in our lives. And you know why I can say that? 
It's because as we grow together and we walk together, we continue to know each other better and better and better. And how do we know each other? We know each other because of communication. We know each other because we talk and because we share. And we don't just share limited things in certain parts. We share our entire lives together. We talk about what happened in our day. What's God speaking to us right now? How did that meeting go with somebody that you sat down with? Like we are sharing at the deepest level that I possibly can share with another human being. We are sharing with one another what's going on. And it's because of that communication and the depth of that communication that allows us to become more more and more intimate and closer in our relationship together where I can sit here and say, I love her more with each passing year. I'm more in love with her with each passing year. She wins my heart more and more with each passing year. Are you with me? But what would happen if we spent the last 15 years never talking or rarely communicating and conversing with one another? If we went weeks or months or really even days, mind you, without having meaningful conversation and discussion around what is going on and happening in our lives? Would we reach those points of intimacy? Would we reach those depths in our relationship of knowing each other more and more and and growing closer and closer together with every single passing day? No. See, communication is the frequency, it is the key to which relationships are fostered and grow in. You remove communication and you have a void that cannot be filled by any other means to deepen and further that relationship. So knowing that, knowing how God likens his relationship with us to a husband and a wife in the Bible in many cases, how would we think that the way God wants to draw close to us and the way he wants to know us in a most intimate way would ever be achieved if there wasn't some sort of communication of hearing God's voice and him hearing us all the time. Are you with me? God very much wants to speak to us. He's given us this word for that very reason, right? It's not even that he wants to speak to us or that it's nice to hear the voice of God. It's more than that. It's actually significant. It's necessary. We are to live every day. We are to live by hearing the voice of God in our lives. There's a reason why this is called a spoken word. There's a reason why it is considered to be in the Bible. It says that it is a live and powerful, or another version of that says it is alive and operable. It is the only book of which we can say that, that there is life in these words. When we open this up and we read the word of God, the very breath, the very life, the very spirit of God is in the words that are being declared to us. No other book can that be said. And I love reading. I read two books at least a month outside of my study in the Bible. But I'm just telling you, there ain't anything that speaks life into my spirit when I read it except the word of God and the declared word of God that he has given us, right? Jesus said, he said that my words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That means the very life of God, the ability to bring transformation into our life is given to us when Jesus is speaking his word into our heart. Isn't that amazing? The Bible also says, and this is in Matthew chapter 4, it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. We live by the word of God. 
and it's amazing to me that he compares this to bread or food. Because think about this. Every day that you get up, don't you have to have some sort of nourishment? Doesn't your physical body require some type of nourishment in order to be effective and to operate the, at the level that it's meant to, the way it's created to? Yes, and he's comparing our hearing the word of God to receiving physical food for our physical body. He's saying, but you don't live by bread alone. You need to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You see, this word provides sustenance. It provides nourishment that we need in every single part of our lives. Wherever you're called to walk, whatever your path is, whatever community you live in, whatever job you work in, whatever relationships you have, whatever home and community you're in, I'm just telling you, you need nourishment to walk in those places and in those things that you can only get from a life-giving source, the Word of God. Amen. We have to hear that in our lives each and every day. It is a guide to our path. Jesus said in John 16... When he was talking about the Holy Spirit, he said the Holy Spirit will come and he will guide you into all truth. He said that he will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak to you of things to come under the authority which is given to him from heaven. Isn't that amazing? So hearing the voice of God in our lives is actually serving as a guide and as a direction for where we're to go in everything that we're called to do. Frankly, apart from that, we are quite aimless and quite directionless. The Bible says that in the book of Proverbs, the steps of a man are ordered of the Lord. How then can a man know his own way? It is by hearing the voice of God that we actually can get the instruction, the direction, and the guide to be able to go through life and navigate all of the things in this world according to the kingdom of heaven's principles as opposed to the principles of the kingdom of this world that we're walking in. We have to hear his voice. We have to know his voice in order to be guided and led by our heavenly father each and every day. When you think about it like that, how significant and important and huge is it that we would be experiencing and hearing and listening to God each and every single day? Now, I want to take you to a parable that I think really opens this up in a huge way, and it's the parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8. So open your Bible, if you have that, with you to Luke chapter 8. All right, and I'm going to start in verse 4. Now, when a great multitude had gathered together, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke to them by a parable. And these are the words of Jesus now. It says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. So that's one condition or example of what happens. And the birds of the air devoured it. Verse 6, second situation, some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Third situation, and some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it out. And then the fourth situation, but others fell on good ground, good soil, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. But when he had said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, God, speak through me. Reveal your truth to us in a powerful way today, God. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to know your voice. God, each and every day, reveal your truth to us this morning. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Amen. So, in this parable, we see three things, three metaphors that we have to understand what they mean. We see seed, we see soil, and then we see some circumstances or conditions around the seed and the soil and what's happening, okay? So the seed, if you read further in that parable later, it explains what it means. And the seed is the word of God. It is the life-giving word of God right here, the spoken word. The soil that the seed falls on is the condition of our heart. It is our heart that the seed is to take root in, in our spirit that it is to take root in, and the conditions around it, the birds come and devour it, Uh, some seed grows up and gets scorched by the sun, some of it gets choked out by thorns, and then some actually grows to maturity and produces a crop a hundredfold. Those conditions are things that are happening outside, outside circumstances that affect what may or may not happen as the seed begins to be planted. Now, what I want you to realize here is that the seed, the word of God, it's very important that we recognize this, that every single seed, every single word of God carries with it the very DNA, the very life-giving, transformational power of God himself. Because God is not divided he doesn't, the Bible says he doesn't give the spirit by measure. So when he's speaking the word, Jesus said to them, he said, the words I speak to you are life and they are spirit. He's saying, when I speak to you, my spirit is going out. That means the full power, the transformation ability, the very DNA and nature of God is in every single seed that is getting scattered whenever it's being put out there. It's just like if you saw a tree and it was dropping fruit in the, in the seeds that were in there and the, the seed would fall to the ground. The same like genetic makeup or DNA of that, that's in that seed is also in that tree. So every, I mean, is that amazing or what? Like every single part of this Bible, every part of this text that we read is God's word. He's spoken word. He is speaking to us when we're reading this. And that the seed that's being spoken or that's being scattered, if you will, every single seed in it has the full capacity to bring complete, radical transformation spiritually and everything in our lives. But what, in fact, is the limiting factor? It are the, it are the, it's the other circumstances. It's the soil. It's the condition of the heart. It's the circumstances surrounding what's happening with the seed that can prevent it from actually growing, taking root and growing to maturity and bearing a crop a hundredfold in our lives. So if you think about that, then you can't sit here and say that God isn't wanting to speak to you and that he isn't wanting to just like scatter seed all over in your life, that he's wanting to deposit seeds that have the ability to transform, bring transformational change inside of you in your life and to do a great and mighty work which represents the crop and the fruit that's being bore as a result of that crop coming to maturity. 
Every single seed has the ability to do that. Now, when the seed begins to fall on the ground and it gets sown, it's, you realize it's in seed form, okay? And a lot of times when God is speaking to us through his word or we're praying and we're seeking answers, you know, it comes in the form of seed. But we get disappointed or we get frustrated whenever we're looking for an answer, we're looking for a solution, and it comes as seed. Because we're wanting this full, mature version of the answer. We're wanting this fully grown tree, this fully matured crop, boom, to just sort of pop right down in our lives because in our mind we think that would just solve everything. That's how it needs to go in order for this thing to work right, right? But who knows better, right? God or us. (laughs) And so he deposits in seed form, which is very important because what that means is that that seed, that life-giving word of, of hearing God's word, it needs to get into the soil of our hearts. It needs to be allowed to grow and to mature because if it does, folks, it will continue to produce crop and to produce fruit year after year after year in our lives. Isn't it amazing that in the book of Genesis, when God was creating the earth and the heavens and he created uh, the fruit and the plants of the earth, that in the, the fruit, he actually put the seed. So the fruit carries seed to produce more fruit, more crops. Are you with me? The Bible says we live from faith to faith. Can I tell you something? There are words God has spoken to me, revelation that I have received years ago from the written word of God and hearing his voice in that, that I am still standing on and living from today, but more so, that has grown and become more and more mature and bear more fruit in my life, so that it is always providing something of fresh nutrient and sustenance in my life wherever I'm at at any given time. But think about it, if that seed never took root, never grew, and never got mature, then I would be deprived of all of that fruit and that nourishment at this season in my life that needed to be planted and needed to start to grow seasons ago. Can I ask you something? You're praying for an answer. You're seeking for guidance. You're seeking for a solution from God. Now, here in this season, would it be possible Possibly that the seed that would carry the full capacity for the full answer in the full direction of that was sown seasons ago in your life and never had an opportunity to grow. Hallelujah. Wow. The limiting factor is not God's ability to speak. It's not his desire to speak. The limiting factor, quite frankly, is in the soil of our heart and the circumstances that we allow to surround the seed getting planted. Isn't that amazing? That's why when Jesus was still walking the earth, he said to the disciples, he said, I have many more things to say to you, but you can't bear them right now. You see, he was saying, I can't just unload all of this on you right now. You couldn't handle it. You couldn't hold it up. You aren't you, you got to grow through this. This is, a, this is a process of maturation. This is a process of growth. I have many more things to say to you. I will say them. I will speak them, and I will continue to speak. 
but you can't bear them all right now if I was to just unload everything on you like they seemed to want him to give them at that time. It wasn't punishment, it was protection. Are you with me? When God gives you what he gives you and he doesn't give you more, is the fault on God for not giving us more that we need? No, it's God giving us what we need in the moment every time. He's never too late, he's never too early, it's never too much and it's never too little. It's God's perfect wisdom that we have to trust him emphatically to know what we're hearing, what we're listening to is seed that is getting sown in soil that needs to continue to grow that will produce crops and fruit and nourishment in our lives for years and years to come. Isn't that amazing? You see, one of the, I mean, a big part of the reason why, you know, I'm up here and I'm just passionate and constantly excited about what's going on and it's genuine believe me because God is always speaking something fresh he is always saying something new and timely it's not different it's just timely it's coming out of the same seed it's just producing fresh fruit and it's been producing fresh fruit and it will continue to produce fresh fruit when you get the revelation that God is always with you he'll never leave you for for, nor forsake you for example that seed getting rooted in the soil of your heart as it grows and matures you all get to a point where you would never doubt or question is God actually with me in this you'll just say where is he in this thing because that seed has now grown to maturity and it cannot be contradicted by something else that the world would try to get you to see or hear or believe. And let's, let's talk about that. So it's saying when the seed gets rooted and it grows, some of it gets snatched, some of it grows up and gets scorched. But in particular, I want to talk about this thing where the thorns grow and choke that plant that's growing up in the soil. It says that these thorns will come and they will choke out the, the word of God, it'll start to grow, but the thorns will choke it out and prevent it from being able to actually produce fruit and become a crop. What is a thorn or a thistle? What is that? It is the product of another seed, an inferior seed, as a matter of fact. Isn't that something? So when the seed of God is getting scattered in our life, we're hearing God, through this, his spoken word, he's sowing seed. The world, the enemy, will immediately come right along and try to throw another seed. And there's soil there. Now, it's not that it's sinful or wrong that we hear those things. We all do. There's always going to be Man, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're nobody and you can't do anything. You don't have the resources for that. Oh, gosh, you're right. What am I thinking? You know? Oh, man, God's not giving me a spirit of fear and of power and a sound and a love mind. Yeah, but you're freaking out right now because the world is bearing down on you and you're never going to be able to figure all this stuff out. Yeah, you're right. So, thorns choke 
the word of God. It's not that it wasn't sown. It's not that it wasn't spoken. It's not even that it didn't just start to grow a little bit. It's that an inferior seed was now allowed to get into the soil, rob the nutrients from the soil that the, that the heavenly seed, the divine seed needed, and then it begins to grow and it begins to choke out the very ability, transformational ability that that seed, that word of God is wanting to mature and produce in and through our lives. And when we do that, we empower inferior seed to literally rob us of the purposes and the plans that God has for us in our life. It's catastrophic. It's catastrophic. So is it really that we're not hearing God? Is it really that he's not speaking? Or is it really what's happening in our heart and the conditions all around us that are choking out, robbing, and causing us to think, perhaps, that God just isn't speaking to me. Wow. James says, he says, with humility, receive the implanted word. That word, that seed has to get planted. It has to get in the soil. It has to sprout roots, and it has to be allowed to grow. And the thorns and the things that are going to compete with it have got to be ripped out, and they have got to be not allowed to rob the nutrients of the soil and begin to grow up. That's why the Bible says, it says that whenever you think anything, that you, you have the authority to take those thoughts captive. So when you, th you hear the word of God and God speaks to you and you know it's truth, listen, just be prepared that a conflicting word, a conflicting seed is going to try to get in the soil of your heart and you need to stop that and you need to make sure you say no in Jesus name that thought, I take that thought captive I subdue that thought that may be a thought that tried to get in but that's not a thought that's going to get into the soil and begin to grow, that's not a thorn that's going to choke out the purpose of God growing to full maturity in my life right here right. amen we got to take that thing captive and not allow that to be able to produce, uh, to grow up and to rob everything else that God is wanting to do in and through us through that revelation that he's, that he's already given. The Bible says that um, the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's always effective at every season and every stage in our lives that we go through. But we've got to know that there's going to be this conflicting message, there's going to be this conflicting word that the, that the enemy is going to try to give us that's going to contradict and that's going to oppose the very word of God from getting in, taking root, and growing up in our lives. And so when you say, well, you know, how do you know you're hearing the voice of God? How do you know he's leading you? Because listen, like, for example, when we decided that we were going to move to Waterloo, move our family, sell our home, start the church here, like all that, I'm just telling you, I know as sure as I could possibly know, as sure as I could be as a man, that I was, we were hearing God. We were hearing the voice of God saying, go, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to do a work here. Well, how do I know I'm hearing the voice of God? Because there's been so much seed that's been sown saying, call to me. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts to bring you a future and a hope, thoughts of good and not evil. 
I mean, so many seeds around purpose and destiny, doing the work of the Lord, following Him into what He's called us to do, have been planted, have been growing, that when the still small voice says, I've got to work for you in Waterloo, I know that that's the Lord. I know that He's speaking to me. Just like a good gardener that knows his crops well can walk out, can look at all of the plants that are coming up, and he can see one and say, that's a thorn, and that's a thorn, and I didn't plant that, and I'm not going to allow that to grow and I'm going to take all those up as we walk closely with God and his word continues to be allowed to grow then when the thorns try to come up we will spot them we will see them there will be a quickening in our spirit and the Holy Spirit will tell us that is in conflict with what the truth that's already been deposited and has already grown inside of you says you need to pluck that thing up you need to take that captive and you need to deny that from taking any nutrients out of this soil that this crop I've planted is going to grow in amen hallelujah What if we turn the tables? What if we turn the situation around on the enemy? Instead of the thorns coming in and choking out the word of God from growing to maturity, what if the word of God plants and flourishes so much that it just chokes out the inferior seed? What if the crop and the harvest that's being produced around identity of who we are, around the authority that we have. We're so rooted and grounded in that stuff that when a conflicting seed tries to get in and grow up, then the fullness and the maturation of that harvest and that crop that's been coming up from that heavenly seed is there, that it actually comes in and just chokes out and denies that inferior seed from being able to get in and actually grow up to be anything threatening in our lives. Can a little vine do anything against a big oak tree? No. Right? We want to make sure that that word of God is getting in our heart. You see, he wants to speak to you. Everything that God will say to you will always be consistent and aligned with what this word says. You say, well, you know, the Bible doesn't say anywhere in here that Matt and Katie are supposed to move to Waterloo, Illinois and start a church. No, it doesn't. I agree. It doesn't. And it, it doesn't, it won't say anything about stuff like that. But what it will say is it will say life-giving truth. The Bible says that guard your heart with all diligence because out of it spring the issues of everything that pertain to the issues of life. Everything that I'm ever going to do or that I'm ever going to need to know, the guidance, the direction, the voice of God, I'm going to hear it because I've already had all of the seeds planted in here from the word that are allowed to grow and produce something fruitful and thick and mature in my life. And so when I hear God speaking and whenever I hear him whispering, I am so in tune to that, not because there's some special ability to hear, but because this word is implanted in the soil of my heart and it's producing fruit. And everything that I hear, I know when it's consistent with revelation and with truth or when it's contrary and contradictory to what the word of God is saying about who I am and what I'm called to do. And that's, that's where we've got to be. You say, well, I want to hear the voice of God. Well, here you go. Here you go. It's right here. He is speaking every time you open this up and you read this. You say, well, I don't remember everything I read. Well, you don't remember what's in everything you eat, but it still nourishes you. Am I with you? Are you with me? <laughs> Stand to your feet. Uh, Oh, that was good. Okay. (laughs) 
Man, I just want to encourage you. I hope you get this today, if nothing else. I hope you get that God very much wants to speak to you. He very much wants to make his voice real, strong, directional, and guiding in your life. It's not some mystery that's out there for a few people to figure out. It's not some level of enlightenment that we get to. It's not, it's, it's not an elitist mentality where special offices in the church get to hear from him. Look, this is a part of his walk with every one of his children. If he wants to grow intimate and close to you, then that implies immediately that he wants to speak to you, that he wants to have relationship with you. And so many times when God speaks, it really is just that still small voice, right? It's just that still small voice. And I'm just telling you, it can be very loud and deafening in this world. But you've got to make sure if it's loud on the outside, all right, that's okay. It just can't be loud on the inside. It just can't be that the seeds of this world are getting in, of, of the enemy and getting in and depriving the word of God from being able to take root in our heart. The inside, it ought to be peace, it ought to be joy, it ought to be faith. It is a consistent, steady walk from within, unwavering and undaunted by any circumstances, any noise that's happening on the outside. God wants to speak to you. It starts right here. You got to feast on this thing. You got to feast on this. It's the most nourishing thing that you could possibly feast upon. It will bring nourishment into your spirit, and thus it will follow forth into every other part of you, into your mind, into your physical nature. Every part of who you are will be affected by the life-giving word of God taking root in the soil of your heart. I'm just telling you, everything we need, all the matters of life are right there. It's God's life. It's his spirit. When you read it, you are literally, God is speaking to you through that living word. He's scattering seed just needs to get in the soil of a humble heart and be allowed to grow and not get choked out.